Buckle up, kid. Surely you should know that you don't want to fight bears in the wild anyway. I reckon I could actually take a panda. Just strapped to a random bloke you've only known for a couple of minutes. Hey, Manny's face suggests that you did not know there was bears there at that point. And obviously I'm just going to become a pancake on the ground. Squinting through the fog of my own tears. Yes, Hermes' grandkid's called Jason. Paying 100 quid and sitting in a van with a lorry driver from the Netherlands. It's also the feeling of a massive wedgie. Do you think you could take a swan? Well, everyone must be looking at us like we're mad people. Hello and welcome to What's in Matt's Head with me, Matt Head. This is the travel podcast all about road tripping. How to do it, but mostly how not to do it. Charlie, Will and I try and shine a light on the history and culture of some of Europe's most iconic places as we retrace the route of our frequently misguided misadventure. But more often than not, we chat about how it went wrong and how we got ourselves in strange situations. In this episode, we are sojourning over to Slovenia, where we laze in lovely Ljubljana, love life at Lake Bled, and meander around the magnificent mountains. We will start, however, with the incredible high, followed by the rapid descent of skydiving. Will, how did you feel waking up on that chilly morning, knowing you're about to hurl yourself out of a plane while strapped to a Slovenian stranger? The skydiving experience, I did, really didn't know what to expect from it. I, I knew I'd be jumping out of a plane, I knew what I was signing up for, but I didn't know what the feeling would be like, or really anything about it, where it was, what we had to do. For me, obviously, it was an early start, but other than being very cold, I think I was a bit nervous, you know, what you sign up for is a pretty ridiculous thing to do. Yeah, like you, I don't really know what to expect. Like, you know the basics of it, but you have no idea what it's going to feel like and how it's all going to go down. So it is quite a nervy experience. Yeah, I think for me, the nerves the night before, I was like, obviously, the parachute's going to fail and obviously I'm just going to become a pancake on the ground. However, when I woke up in the morning, it wasn't about that. It was more just the fact it was an early morning and then the nerves properly settled in when we got to the airfield and when, when I met my uh, skydiving buddy. The drive there though was really actually quite a cool drive again. It was another one where we had a bike v van challenge on all of the downhills as though we weren't going to get enough excitement and adrenaline for that day and it was an amazing drive through all the mountain region, uh, through all the trees. How, how did you feel when we got to the airfield Matt? I think the drive definitely helped calm me down a bit. Basically, Charlie, we started at Lake Bled from where we booked the skydive, and that's in the Julian Alps part of Slovenia. Then we had to drive through another national park called Triglav, which is their tallest mountain, which was near where the skydiving was. And just half of Slovenia is covered in forest, and it's very mountainous, so there's a lot of cool stuff to see. But I think the drive there through these, some of it was just like tiny logging roads through the forest. Others was like these amazing mountain passes. So I think it was up there with one of the best drives I had to do. Like up there with some of the ones in Norway. It was absolutely amazing. And that was a great distraction. Some of the photos we got and yeah, like racing Will on his bike down the mountains again. Absolutely amazing. But then we did get to the airfield and that's when it started to get more nervy. But luckily, well, I think it made it worse. I'm not going to say luckily. It was cancelled in the morning because of bad weather. So the delay I think made me a bit more nervous I think you just want to dive out and get it over with I think on top of the delay as well was just the fact that it all seemed as though it was a bit of a scam to start off with we turned up in the middle of this field with this old wooden barn uh, grass all the way out to the right grass all the way out to the left and the mountains in front of us and there were a couple of houses like a couple of tiny houses where just some old grand sat outside the house and that was it there and I don't know what I was really expecting but I was kind of expecting like a uh, control tower 
a queue of people waiting to get into all of the planes lined up it all being like in a nice orderly queue and everything but it just wasn't yeah i was expecting at least a tarmac runway and a few planes not just this field in the middle of the slovenian mountains i think like will said we were a bit worried it was a scam and we just cost a couple of hundred euros each it also when we turned up there was no plane there so the main part of being able to skydive wasn't there and we we didn't see it there at all so we were a little bit nervous and that probably did add to the nerves to start off with and then just after some time some other customers turned up as well and then they told us that it was delayed and then we had to go to a local cafe uh, had a couple of hot drinks and then when the clouds cleared up we went out later on that afternoon i was just gonna say one one major point of that is that i mean as we all know it doesn't rain in europe but what you're telling me is the flight was cancelled because of bad weather. It was windy up there in the mountains, Chaz. Very windy. Ah, yeah, unfortunately so. But yeah, we got delayed and we were stuck with all these campers who had come to do it as well with us. And just kind of got lobbed with them for a few hours. And we were just driving around with this Dutch lorry driver. He was a bit weird, but really interesting. The van, like showing us pictures of his lorry. And we were just stuck with him a few hours, just chatting absolute rubbish, trying to distract ourselves. But eventually it did come round. The weather cleared up. And we went back to the skydiving place, just this barn in a field. And then I took barn to the fields. There were two barns in the field. (laughs) And then we, yeah, then we went for it. So you say you felt quite nervous. Which did you feel more nervous for, this or the Pamplona bull run? This, this by quite a long way. I feel as though with the Pamplona bull run, like, you know, if it comes to it, you'd hedge your bets on being able to at least evade or sidestep a bull. Whereas you can't really sidestep the ground when you're falling down without a parachute. Yeah, and I also think for skydiving, you, you at least know about it. You've seen it done. It's a pretty simple premise, but for the bull running, we had no idea what we we're doing. So there was kind of some bliss in our ignorance. Like we didn't realize how scary the cows are meant to be. And for skydiving, you know, you're just going to jump out of a plane. The plane itself was the one from James Bond, the one from Goldeneye. I don't know if you've ever seen it. The scene at the start, where he breaks into like the chemical weapons factory. And he's trying to catch this plane because it's got some important stuff on it. He breaks out. He's on his motorbike, beats some people up, jumps in the plane, gets the pilot out, chucks the pilot out, but also falls out, gets his motorbike. And it's basically in the Alps. I think it's in Switzerland where it's filmed. The plane goes off the end of the runway over a cliff and he just drives his motorbike after it, falls through there and like skydives without a parachute into the plane gets in it and then pulls it up. It was a ridiculous start to a film ever, but the people who we were skydiving with in Slovenia said it was the same plane. So I don't know if it was like the same model or the actual plane from Goldeneye, but as a 007 fan, that was a pretty cool thing to do. James Bond made that too hard for himself. When it, If it was just as easy as paying under a quid and sitting in a van with a lorry driver from the Netherlands, he's really overcomplicated that, hasn't he? Yeah. He's also done it pretty much backwards because he did the skydive and landed in the plane. So... That's, just, yeah, that's not what you're supposed to do. He's got it all wrong there, Jimmy Bond. He's not read the manual. I think the other difference as well, the only other difference between ourselves and James Bond was the number of people that they managed to cram into that small plane. It's a small plane. It's not exactly like your typical easy jet short haul flight. It's a tiny, tiny plane that you could probably plank across and reach side to side. And, you know, they just kept getting more and more people showing up and more and more people fitting into it as well. Yeah, it was a little tin can of a thing. But when we did get up there, the flight up itself was a good experience. Like looking around all the mountains and all the forests of Slovenia was incredible. And then you kind of remember that you're going to jump out to get back down to earth. And 
just sat there and you're just strapped to a random bloke you've only known for a couple of minutes and you're already very intimate with him you're just kind of sat there in his crotch between his legs and it's just a bit awkward for the first 15 minutes and then he just kind of pushes you out the door and you're sat on the edge and then the actual feeling of the skydive you just get flown sideways as the air hits you rather than just going straight down it being really nice you just get flipped out you've got no idea which way's up the world's just spinning and then for me i feel like my goggles came a bit loose and the like wind was rushing into my eyes so i was pretty much crying as i was going down like squinting through the fog of my own tears but i think it cleared up a bit i had a look around and, like the adrenaline in the first 10 seconds minute of free fall there's just nothing like it like in your mind you think you might die still but you're just rushing down probably at terminal velocity i don't know how long it takes to get there and it's just the most amazing feeling ever how did you find it barn yeah for me i was going to take a step back to the start when we were getting into a plane so we met our but uh, skydiving buddies mine was 21 at the time like, i'm now 23 and looking back on being 21 i wouldn't have been responsible enough to have been attaching myself to someone to jump out of a plane with <laughs> And you have these four anchor points on you that uh, they attach themselves to. And so then you are actually properly attached when you go up and when you jump out of the plane. And so they attached me on, made sure it all worked, all nice and tight and everything. And then we hop into the plane. And of course, they're cramming more and more people in. I'm having to sit up more and more on his, on his lap. And then he's like, oh, do you know what? I'll just take two of them off. And so I was like, right, okay, sound. I was obviously nervous at this stage as it was. And I was, I was, would have preferred to have been stuck to him with Gorilla Glue rather than have him taking off different clips to me. And as we're going up, you just think, like, you've got to be jumping soon. That's all you can think as you're going up. You're like, we can't be going much higher before we are jumping out. Like, this is high enough now. And at one point, about halfway, all of these other people jumped out of a plane who I think are wanting to be skydiving instructors or something like that. And they've got to get in a certain number of jumps before they can be a skydiving instructor and then the door shut again and then we went up another couple thousand feet when it was our turn to go out and I kind of remember as I was pushing myself out of the plane had he attached all four clips to me again and obviously he had but at that stage I was being paranoid about it but yeah it's the feeling of when you jump out and it is that thing of you expect to go down straight away but you don't you go sideways straight away almost and those first 10 seconds of a free fall is, is a feeling like nothing else. And then the rest of the time, you're kind of easing into it and you're just like exploring, looking around and seeing everything and taking it all in. And then it's uh, the other weird like outer body experiences when they pull the parachute as well. It's just that almost feel of relief, that feel of the pressure of being pulled up again. And then it's just the chilled outness of just going down with a parachute. It's also the feeling of a massive wedgie, like a proper yanks you up and your harness is obviously through your groin as well. So it's a bit of a surprise when you, it feels like you stop suddenly, obviously you don't, but yeah, the suit goes a bit higher than you'd want it to. But yeah, the the paragliding experience afterwards is super chilled out. You know, you're probably going to live and you're just kind of gliding around Slovenian mountains. It's just, oh, it's just so cool. It's one of the best things I've ever done, I think. It was absolutely amazing. This made me kind of, I was thinking like, where, where's this? has this thing come from who was the first one to skydive like this when you think about it is absolutely nuts to want to do as fun and i did some research into paraglide and went through like the usual stuff like first parachute like device was from 12th century china which is pretty nuts i don't know what they're jumping off maybe mountains or tall buildings but yeah first of that and like da vinci sketch one in 1483 but then the first proper skydive is attributed to a french aeronaut called 
Andre Jacques Garnerin, who leapt 3,000 foot out of a hot air balloon in 1797. So pretty early on. And then I found out, Charles, you're going to love this fact. The first British jump was in Gloucestershire. How good is that? Yeah, for your home and away. I'm going to steal it because it's so good. But some guy got his hot air balloon out in 1838 called John Hampton. He went up 9,000 feet starting in Cheltenham's Montpellier Gardens from where the bandstand is. And there's still a plaque there, which I've never seen all the times I've been there, commemorating his his feet and his name. And yeah, he went up to 9,000 feet and he had a parachute made of whale ribs and bamboo stretchers and linen. And then he jumped out, his whole air balloon exploded, and he sailed down for 12 minutes down to the grounds of Gloucestershire, living to tell the tale with only a little scratch on his head from landing. How good's that? That is sick. That is so cool. Gloucestershire is the home of British skydiving. That is, a, that is one of the best facts I've heard in a long time. What is a crime? Is it there's not a bigger statue? There's a plaque. I've never seen it. You've never seen it. We've lived in China all our lives. I can't believe that. I know. Outrageous. It, yeah, he needs at least a statue. That's crazy. Yeah. Build a fucking monolith. That would have worked. Well, I've probably been looking at the French people. And then, I don't know, it's just like a big umbrella made out of whalebone. It wouldn't be my choice of construction material, but he's, he's backed himself to the hills and he ended up with hundreds of jumps. So, he, yeah, he turned out to get pretty good at it. That's sick. Big fan of that. That's a big, that's a big fact. That day in general has to go down as one of the greatest ones of the trip. Not just the skydive, which was immense, but the experience of getting there, the drive through these forests and mountains was amazing. And then getting back to Lake Bled, feeling like you're on top of the world. And it was a beautiful day. It cleared up luckily in a full skydive, which meant the rest of the day was pretty nice as well. And we just sat on the edge of the lake, having a few beers, just thinking about how well it went and what a day it was. But before we got to Lake Bled, we started our trip by heading to Ljubljana or Ljubljana or however the Slovenian is pronounced. Any, anyone got any attempts for that? But anyway, yeah. Ljubljana or Ljubljana. Ljubljana. I don't know. Ljubljana. Anyway, we went to Ljubljana and we didn't really know much about it. I think how, you don't really get taught about Slovenia in school, which isn't too surprising. But as soon as we crossed yeah. the border from Italy, even our sat-nav didn't know anything about it and went blank. So we had to rely on Will's questionably reliable navigation. But he did get us to the outskirts of the city and we found a nice park and ride to go to and eventually got into the, the city centre. And, well, what a city centre it was. One of the nicest cities I think I've been to. It's, it's just beautiful. It's clean, lovely blue river going through it, castles, bridges, weird food, nice and green. Oh, couldn't beat it i don't think kind of reminds me of vienna quite a lot it's that type of nice plush clean it's just the fact that there was literally no rubbish anywhere it was just it felt like a clean city which sounds weird but it it does and it was it was really really quite a nice little tiny city finally touched on somewhere i've actually been when we were in vienna if you're comparing it to that it was just the most ridiculously spick and span place in the whole world like every street was like a palace immaculately groomed it was just like insane so if it was anything like that then it must have been unreal a part of the history it was ruled by the austro-hungarian empire so they did have quite a big say in some of the architecture there's a famous bridge there which is called the dragon bridge and that was built as like a prototype by the austro-hungarians which is really impressive but there are certain parallels between the two cities but the cleanliness it's like you just don't see it in england i've seen it before in japan but in yeah in slovenia it was a nice surprise to get to they look after it very well and it's it's a very clean city very environmentally friendly 
I also just had absolutely no expectation of Slovenia at all. I really, if I'm honest, didn't know what was next to Italy on the right side uh, before the trip. And so knowing that it was Slovenia, going to it, I kind of had absolutely no expectation for it. However, being such a small country, it is actually so nice. And uh, it's just so much forestry, so clean. Just it's complete surprise to what we were expecting, I think. Yeah, like you said, it's not a massive place. It's only got a population of 300,000 people. And one side of the river is still kind of the medieval town with the castle, which these bridges go to, which is an amazing place. But yeah, I, I really enjoyed it there. We had some weird food. Can't remember what it was. It was just kind of like dumplingy, sausagey thing. I guess it's been taken over by so many places in its history. It's got a blend of kind of Balkan food, Austrian food, Italian food. And it's just kind of mixed all together. And it turned out pretty nice, to be fair to them. Like, just mix all, all the nice foods together and hope it's going to turn out as more nice food. And I think, I think it did. But yeah, it's mainly famous for its dragons. It's got its dragon bridge. It's got dragons on like the city's emblem, the football kit, the crest and the flag. And I looked into it and the founding rumor is all about a dragon, as most good founding rumors are. But there used to be a dragon living on the river, which Yubiana's based on. And it was kind of just eating everyone who came near to it. And then there was a Greek guy called Jason who was... He stole this golden fleece off the King of the Black Sea. So he just he nicked his nice new jumper. I'm not quite sure what the fleece is. And he also stole the guy's daughter. So he's pretty pissed off. And the king was just chasing him. So Jason the Argonauts decided to flee up this river and make camp. And then obviously they encountered this dragon and they killed it. And apparently a few of the Argonauts stayed. And some people even consider Jason the Argonauts the first citizen of Ljubljana which is a pretty cool way to start a city, I'd say. That is pretty sick, although I do have to say, Jason just does not sound like a Greek person, does it? It just doesn't seem right. No. It sounds like someone you find like on a building site, laying bricks and like bending plumbing tubes or something. Jason, 34, love my kids, love Millwall, love Carly. <laughs> love golden fleeces and running away with people's daughters. And Nigel Farage. I just don't get how you could go from Jason to Argonaut as well. Yeah. well they, they were sailing yeah. on a boat called the Argo. And nauts is like astronauts and aeronauts and yeah, people exploring stuff. So, but yeah, still not oh. very. You can't have been called Jason, surely. That must be an English version of his name. You got to think if, you, if you're Greek, but you I'm actually a bit stumped by that. I just I, <laughs> maybe the maybe if it's Greek, right? Surely the English is descended from the Greek. So we we just must we've just anglicised the Greek name so much it just sounds like the most British name ever. But Jason doesn't even sound like I. I yeah, this would have been around Jason. the time of like um, Socrates and Aristotle. You can't just have some bloke called Jason walking around at that time through what, Athens and being like, all right, lads, how's the philosophizing going? It doesn't really fit yeah, in, in so my mind. I'm reading on his Wikipedia now. His dad was called Aeson, the rightful king of Iokolos. He was married to the sorceress Medea. Uh, he was the great grandson of the messenger god Hermes. All these amazing names, and he just Jason. Yes, Hermes' grandkids called Jason. <laughs> what what has gone on t- with people's names as well? Because like you get people nowadays called like Steve and Dave, but you know, I don't know anyone called Hermes. I do you know what I know? I know I I know no one called Hermes. I'll have nothing bad said against Steve though. Tell you what, I know a couple of good Steves. Maybe back then they thought like Hermes was the most standard name around. They started getting fancier and naming people exotic things like Jason. And maybe that's become so normal. Maybe we're ready to go back to more exotic things. You see like Elon Musk calling his name like like he's just headbutted a keyboard and decided that's a name. <laughs> so maybe we're just moving on again now. 
I thought Elon Musk kid was Welsh because they just fucking put vowels and Y's and shit all over the place, don't they? Numbers and letters and all sorts. Doesn't make any sense. And Welsh have also got dragons. Not really related to Elon Musk, but it is to Ljubljana. Yeah, well, there are some of the stories do include St. George in Why the Dragon's so keen. So Wales and Slovenia do have a lot in common. Well, they've got that in common. But where, where Slovenia, well, well, Ljubljana probably just pinches it over Wales. It's, it's got the oldest wooden wheel in the world from 5000 BC. And it's also got the world's oldest musical instrument, which is a flute made out of bare bones from 40,000 years ago. So unless Wales can top that, I think I'm going to head back to Slovenia if I can. That's actually very, that's very cool, to be fair. I we did forget just... they've got bears in Europe, haven't they? They've got bears. They've got bears in Slovenia. Lots of bears in Slovenia. Yeah. Yeah, they're making a, the brown bears are making a comeback, which I didn't know when I was, you know, dropping Banny off in the forests <laughs> and mountains in the <laughs> middle of nowhere and we were like trekking through the other. Oh, yeah, I was going to say Banny's face suggests that you did not know there was bears there at that point. Yeah, he looks a bit surprised. Not at all. I've watched, I watched enough Joe Rogans as well recently to know that I shouldn't be fighting bears and that'd be one fight that I wouldn't like to get into. I don't... Why did Joe Rogan have to tell you that? Surely you should know that you're not going to fight bears in the wild anyway. The odds aren't in your favour. I don't know, but there's some like wild animals that you kind of think, oh, I could probably do that wild animal. Whereas a bear, like, it looks cuddly. And so for years, I was probably like a little bit naive to how big bears are and how they can actually... What you, know, you were thinking is like... Them. Paddington or a teddy bear that you had as a kid and you were going to give it a little cuddle, were you? Like a koala bear, yeah. Get what it's panda. panda. Do you reckon you could take a panda? I reckon I could actually take a panda. At least one panda. If it becomes like a group of pandas, and I don't think I can do too well for that. Yeah, they've got strength in numbers. Do you reckon... They're pretty solitary, though. I think you'd be all right if you encountered one. Do you reckon you could take a boar? A boar? Depends what size... Like, if this is another one where I'm probably naive over the size of the boar, how big does a boar get? Because I kind of feel as though it'd be like kneecap level. No, I think it'll be at least hips. I, I feel as though I've got the mobility on it. And I think with a couple of quick judo moves, you can flip it onto its back and then it's got no chance. Do you think you could take a swan? Yes. You can break a man's arm or blow up a man's house. They can. Actually, do you know what? I just did a little stato check going back to pandas. Do you know what a group of pandas is called? The collective noun for a group of pandas. Government. So a pack of bears is called a sleuth or a sloth, but pandas are special. And they've got their own special little collective of names to choose from. So you can either have a bamboo of pandas, Brilliant. an embarrassment of pandas, or a cupboard of pam- pandas. Oh, cupboard of pandas is such a good collective pronoun. And bamboo. Oh, Barn, they've locked out. could you take a cupboard of pandas? See, this is another one where like, people are naive to how big and strong these bears are. Like The fact that they're calling them bamboo or an embarrassment. If you had a few pandas on you... You probably wouldn't win in that fight. No, you wouldn't. You wouldn't. We're lucky that we didn't see any brown bears on our travels through Slovenia. But after we left Ljubljana, we headed over the reason that we went to Slovenia in the first place. And probably the most famous thing about it would have to be Lake Bled, which was definitely worth going there. And I definitely want to go back sometimes. It is just beautiful. Surrounded by amazing mountains, water heated by springs it's just got everything you need even we found somewhere decent to park and then we just spent a few days walking around the lake unfortunately the kayak was out of action because barn lost the paddles but lake bled itself was stunning really really picturesque postcard type of place it was stunning it's got a little tiny church in the middle of the lake surrounded by a tiny little island and then other than that it's just this crystal clear lake 
amazing mountains behind tiny little town and it's just an amazing place to chill out for a few days as well for us i think we're there for about five days in total so just kind of enjoying the thermal waters up to 26 degrees i think the main day that we actually went for a swim it was absolutely pissing it down the only time it rained in europe jazz i promise really yeah absolutely wasn't it down and we had this long walk from our train station down to the lake but we thought you know we're only here once want to make the most of it we haven't been for a swim yet so we cycled down we used empty bin bags as ponchos and like poke little arm and head holes through it and we use that and cycle down to the lake and the water can get like it's because it's thermal it stays pretty warm all year round it gets up to 26 degrees in summer so pretty nice like pretty much like a pool just us two because no one else would brave the rain i think there's one of the boat some people paddling out to the church in the middle but other than that we were just swimming around like mingling about in the lake having there's probably our wash it was amazing just looking up at the mountains like all this thunder and lightning going on around us especially like behind the castle on the cliff at one end of the shore and that like it's kind of spooky overlooking the lake and it's all thunder and lightning crashing behind that very cool way to experience the lake rather than just the sunshine as well i feel as though for every single other person in lake blood as well we had an actual proper roof and house or flat or whether to stay in during that weather whereas for us the other possibility was the fact we'd be in a van which potentially could have leaked some water on us and so if we're going to get wet we might as well you know be having fun doing it and being in the lake about 26 degrees as well is a very very dodgy thermometer because i sim- i remembered being a little bit nippy being in there as well 26 degrees in water is not the same as 26 degrees in air but it's obviously that's as high as it gets and maybe it'll cool down a bit in the cool weather when we were there but also in the rain cycling around going up to the castle and to the museum up there was nice and then cycling around like a laugh just a quick laugh of the lake was pretty cool as well so definitely somewhere i'll be heading back to especially with some new kayak paddles people must have been looking at us like we were such randomness as well the fact that we were wearing these bin bags cycling about laughing about smile actually smiling in this absolutely tor- torrential weather and then just going into the lake as well everyone must be looking at us like we're mad people hey, people are looking like you like whatever you're wearing barn i've got to be honest it's not just because you're wearing a bin bag <laughs> yeah we just looked a little bit extra on the deranged side but <laughs> then once we got back we hadn't reconsidered where we we're going to put all our wet clothes because you don't want to stick them anywhere gross in the van so we tied up like an old climbing rope from the back of the, and we just hang up the washing and let it dry in the van and it didn't really work too well and we kind of stuck in there and everything was a bit humid and gross but it's just just part of living on the road that i guess you live and you learn you live and you learn i don't i don't think that's one that we'd do again is hanging up soggy soaking wet clothes inside the van but yeah our, our time in slovenia is mainly just filled with the beautiful landscape like this is what we should have been spending most of the trip doing just finding the best national parks we could parking at the top of mountains or by the side of lakes rather than in cemeteries in cities and just enjoying mountain biking and canyoning and swimming and yeah living by the lake and just chilling out and having barbecues that is what we should have been doing more of but this was funnily enough maybe the one of the last places we got to do it we kind of headed inland after that the next place we went to was croatia and the drive again through slovenia was one of the best it was through all these tiny little towns and villages in the mountains across the border a little bit by the coast and we're going through these mountain roads and just this guy on a mountain bike was stuck behind us the whole time just enjoying it and then he just disappeared in front of us and i remember it so clearly because he could have overtaken us the whole way but i don't know why he was just happy chilling then he just absolutely flew past us gave us a little wave and like a little salute probably saying cool van 
You're an absolute legend, Matt. I can't believe you let Will come with you and lose your pad- paddles. And then he <laughs> disappeared off. And then, yeah, we carried on over Croatia, which is, weirdly enough, that's as far as we drove. We're probably about 2,000 miles in by then, maybe more. And that was the first time we got to border crossing and had to get checked. So we did pretty Ooh. well. Yeah, and then, that, obviously we look pretty that... dodgy when you get to the border, me and Will in our van, probably a bit smelly, and this proper hippie bus miles away from England where it's registered. So yeah, it was inevitable that they were going to search us and give us some questionable looks. The whole experience from the moment we got across the border to the moment we left, everything in between from the city of Ljubljana, Lake Blair, the Triglav Mountains, everything about it, I absolutely loved. Out of all the places I've been, Slovenia is a country, one of my favourites. It's so nice, so green, everyone's so friendly, everything's so beautiful. Even the cities are like, it's, a, it's the main city, but it still feels quiet and like almost homely and nice. Like It was just amazing. Yeah, I don't really know what to relate it to. I think the only couple of places that spring to mind for me would be like the Black Forest in Germany and then further up in Nordic countries. But it's kind of got this feel to it that's unique to Slovenia. It doesn't feel like anywhere else. It kind of almost doesn't feel like you're in Europe and it's just incredible scenery for as far as you can see on your drive and when you're on the drive as well you're just completely by yourself so i think i already know the answer to this you will will go there again it's definitely gonna be a yes i know you loved it just as much as me rather than just asking if you go back there what are your three favorite things and can you think of one thing that you thought we should have done differently i think number one favorite thing was the skydiving i think when you're in lake bled which is my number two i feel as though you do have to go to this tiny wooden shack by the bus station and you've got to pick as many of the adventures as possible i know that there were quite a few that we didn't do uh, i can't quite remember off the top of my head what those were but honestly just the scenery that you're in the nature the outdoors area just everything to do there i would sign up to do I feel as though there's so much to Slovenia, which is unheard of or unknown about. And there's so much to do there and to explore. So number one would be do skydiving. Number two would be going to Lake Bled. It's a postcard location and it's just amazing to be in. It's full of tons of young people as well. There's a couple of hostels and there's always people wanting to do things. And the third thing for me would be probably something which we didn't, do too much of which just go into the forest of Slovenia and just explore or explore that a lot more go mountain biking go walking I think that's something that I'd love to do more more of if I was to go back to Slovenia yeah I agree it is nice to go somewhere knowing what to expect but I think part of the reason I love Slovenia so much is because I didn't really know too much about it or thought too much about it it was just such a nice surprise to be stuck into somewhere so beautiful that made it definitely a lot better and nicer and enjoyable just being in awe of everything we saw absolutely amazing place charlie correct me if I'm wrong i don't think you've been there but i'm sure you can tell us somewhere just as good back home in gloucestershire or the surrounding area you know what i actually fucking can't this fuck all <laughs> literally nothing I've, I've been racking my brain this entire time and i just cannot think of anything that you can do that is you know we've got feels We've got hills, we've got lakes, we've got loads of those, but there's nothing that really compares to Ljubljana. My only parallel that I can draw is for the adrenaline junkies out there. And I know you can skydive anywhere, but there's some adrenaline you can get in Gloucestershire. If you wander down Gloucester High Street to a beautiful place called JDR Carton, where I've spent many a birthday party whizzing around at approximately 25, that's right, 25 miles per hour, with a full petrol cart, and at the end you get a nice little slice of cake, 
and a pitcher of juice. And I, do you know what? Honestly, I think I'd rather go there than Ljubljana if you gave me the choice. Far more thrill, much closer to home. And I don't think they've got go-karting in Ljubljana. So, too dirty. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, I don't I've think got you, sh- don't think you should have tried. That is amazing. Uh, what a stretch. But yeah, I'm uh, sure there is plenty of adrenaline at JDR karting. It's a, a true establishment of Gloucestershire. Do you know what? I've actually just realised I have been to Slovenia. I did mention it last week. And I, uh, I've been to Slovenia. And I remember that border crossing because I went through Slovenia to Croatia on my way to Perek on rugby tour. Uh, it was like a 36-hour bus journey. And uh, I, I passed out as we crossed uh, to Calais. And I woke up just as we arrived at the Slovenian uh, border. And it wasn't the happiest I've ever been when I woke up. And I, I can't say I've got fond memories of Slovenia. But I think I would go again and have to listen to this. I still know nothing about Slovenia, but there's lots that you've made sound attractive. So I, I definitely would go. I'm really happy to hear that you're not going to judge a whole country based on a 36-hour bus trip through it. Oh, but do you know what the thing is? I, I wasn't even conscious as we drove through Slovenia, <laughs> which is one of the highlights of your trip. So I'm a bit gutted about that. Oh well. In the next episode, we cruise down to Croatia, where we party on the island of Pag, zoom through Zagreb, and get our exam results on the Hungarian Sea. The first symptoms of a breakdown begin, and we get saved by some Germans, and we very nearly, debatably did, crash. Join us then for what should be a good. For now, thanks for listening to What's in Matt's Head. I've been Matt Head. Goodbye. I've been Will. Have a good week. Goodbye. I've been Chaz, and it's only one more pod to go until I arrive. So buckle up, kids. (laughs) there we go thank you for listening to this podcast you can download all the shows we've done so far from spotify apple podcasts and google podcasts please get in touch with us on twitter using the what's in matt's head hashtag if you could leave us a review wherever you've listened to this that would be great and if you could share it with your mates that would be even better don't forget to subscribe so that you get all the latest episodes straight to your device we will be back next week but for now goodbye